powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hey, thank you. Thank you, guys, very much. Please sit. Thank you, thank you. Sit, sit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of The Derek Duvall Show. Thanks. I am Derek, and this is another amazing journey into the lives of extraordinary people. We are coming up on some very important anniversaries for the show, and thinking of them right now makes me appreciate just how special it is that you, Duvall Nation, come back every episode for more great content. Before we get into this episode... I want to thank my last guest, Alex Weber, for being such a great guest, and this episode was immensely popular. If you haven't heard it yet, make sure to add it to your queue after this episode concludes. So welcome to episode 71, and we have a really special one for you today, Duval Nation. We have on the show actress, model, and author Blanca Blanco on the show. She will be talking about her rough childhood, how she overcame huge odds resulting in a college degree, an acting career being one of the most in-demand models working today, and how it all comes together in her latest memoir, Breaking the Mold. We have a lot to unpack, so let's get her out here. Ladies and gentlemen of Duval Nation, please rise to your feet. And welcome to the show all the way from Los Angeles, California, the author of Breaking the Mold, the incredible Blanca Blanco. Blanca, good evening. Welcome to the Derek Duval Show. How has the weather been out by you today? You know, it's been great because it's raining, and it's nice to get rain once in a while. <laughs> I start my interviews off with the same question, and based on what I've read, you might have an interesting answer. How has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, it's been challenging because it's all new to to me and to everyone around the world, and everything has changed, but... Definitely, I feel that now it seems better. Like we're able to manage it much better and knowing what is what is going on, you know. So definitely keeping a distance. Has it been very bad by where you were at? Yeah, it was pretty bad in the last couple of weeks. But well, last week they announced that it was actually improving. So oh, okay. yeah, so things are, you know, going uphill, you know, like things are being like that. So every journey has a beginning. What was it like for you to grow up in Watsonville, California? So growing up in Watsonville, California, it was that's where I was born, and I had I lived with my grandma and my my family, and it was just it was nice. I lived with my cousins, and also we, you know, I went to school there, mm-hmm. and so I I began learning English there, but I didn't really learn until I moved to Washington State. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed there briefly and, um, in Watsonville, but it, it's nice. I remember we used to go and eat strawberries at the fields, and they had raspberries, and, you know, definitely an, an agricultural um, place. <laughs> Do you ever make it back there? 
Yeah, I do have family there. I have my mom's side of the family, mm-hmm. my aunts and cousins, and I would I visit them once in a while, like a couple times a year. And it's just it's a beautiful small town. Well, I mean it's it's big, but it kind of feels like a small town. We're gonna to be talking about your new memoir shortly. But from what I read, you moved up to Washington State and had a very rough time in your adolescence there. Looking back, how do you think you made it through those dark times? Yeah, definitely I had I had, you know, a lot of trauma growing up in different areas. But one of the things that I, I wanted to make sure that I changed my, my future. So I, I didn't want that life, you know, the poverty or the abuse or the discrimination to define me. I wanted to have my own my own life. So I I worked every day on you know, having daily goals, you know, to improve myself. And I took steps every day. I worked hard at it. So definitely, I didn't want to be part of the staff. I, I definitely feel that because of my experience, I was able to really appreciate life in with the little things, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember we would get food from the food bank or, or during the holidays, we would get go to the Salvation Army. And just like, you know, the kindness of people and that people that are normally treated bad, you know, in society. And I just remember seeing seeing that and how, you know, the small little actions from people make a difference and it could really impact your life. Am I correct in reading that you were the first person in your family to attend college? Yes, I was the first one to graduate from college, yes. Man, that must have been an amazing feeling. Do you have any favorite memories of attending Washington State University? Oh, yes. I love the school. I remember there was so so much snow. Like, you're walking to campus, and it's it definitely surrounded by snow. It was beautiful. And then the professors, they're incredible. I, I know that I learned so much. I gained so many skills from that school. So I definitely had it really influenced my my path in life, and and I was happy that I went to that school for my undergrad. What inspired you to pursue degrees in psychology and social work? Well, when I was growing up and experiencing poverty, I realized that the reason we were not having a lot of opportunities was because we had many limitations. We had the language barrier, and also we had the the education that wasn't there. It, my parents were educated in Mexico, but not in the U.S. And so I wanted to make sure that I have a you know, strong foundation and work on that. For me, that was important. I thought that was the key to um, breaking the mold. So after you left college, what inspired you to jump into acting? Well, acting, I've been performing basically my entire life. And especially when we lived in the garage in Washington State, Mm-hmm. We didn't have any toys or or any money to buy, you know, even like anything to work in inside the garage. So we would do scenes and and just perform. And for me, that just gave me so much. I had so much passion for it, and I just felt like that was my calling. Mm-hmm. And so I just, for me, acting was like a way of being in someone else's life for a moment. It took me out of my life for, you know, out of my personal life and took me into someone else's world. Mm-hmm. And so I really love that whole idea of, you know, being able to transform. 
And also, I just felt like a sense of whenever I, I just felt like the broken pieces would come together when I perform. When you started acting, how hard was it to get yourself established in the business? Well, when I moved to L.A., I still, you know, I didn't know anyone. So I was, I'm the person in my family to be in the industry or I had no idea. I never met anyone in the industry. And so it, it was definitely harder because I, I needed to understand how the system works. And so I did a lot of research, and when I would go to auditions or classes, you meet, you know, great people that you keep in touch, and you just kind of just support each other. And I asked a lot of questions, and, and I got, you know, I got my agents and managers. So it took a few years. I mean, definitely it didn't happen overnight. It's, uh, it's a slow process, but I knew that this is where I belong. Even though I couldn't relate to the, a lot of the people in the industry, like a lot of people were superficial that I came across, you know, and I just thought, oh, I, I just couldn't relate to that part of the industry because it is, in some cases, it is superficial. You know, people are that I have, you know, experienced. And so I just couldn't relate to that. But then I thought, well, you know, I haven't made choices in my life based on other people's opinions you know <laughs> I just gotta keep Absolutely. doing my own my own choices you know thinking about it now what's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you basically I've been received great you know advice but I had a, a teacher once that you know she, she you know I, I didn't believe in myself at that time but she would always say there's um, there's something for you like in your future and and it's just um, you don't see it but I, I do see it we do see it and it, for me it took a while to believe but my advice is to anyone that you know sometimes other people will see you know um, talents or traits that that you don't see and and it's okay to to you know feel like maybe they're not but most of the time, it's just like, it's okay to trust other people, you know, with whenever it comes to something with your talent, they're saying it for a reason, you know? Okay, let's talk about your memoir, Breaking the Mold. Where did the idea to write this book come from? Well, I had an idea as a, as a child, I would keep a journal every year. And I, my intention was to make a book as I got, when I got older. But in 2018, when my, the Malibu fire happened everything burned down except one journal and so I you know I still wanted to do the book because I thought I could share my experience and and maybe inspire others that are going through the same thing and so when the lockdown happened I I had a lot of time and and I'm like okay it's time to do it so I wrote it during the lockdown and it inspired me because I felt it was the right time because I would see so much poverty and abuse and and discrimination going on, like all over LA, all over the world, basically. And I thought, well, we need more stories of hope and resilience and overcoming hardship. How long did it take to write the memoir? You know, the whole process took me like a year. Really? Yeah. A year. Wow. You were very productive. Well done. What has been the reception to the book like? I've been getting a lot of emails from people that they they had a lot of, you know, tears 
um, because they could relate to some of the stories in their life and they share their experience, like losing their loved ones or or when they experience poverty or abuse. So I've been getting a, a lot of emails from readers that really were, you know, affected by it in a in a positive way. They I I had people that say that I'm gonna try some of the tools that you shared because you know this lady is like 67 <laughs> because I think you know I I was a fast I was in the faster world and and I feel that I could you know use that, those same tools. So I've been getting a lot of great feedback from people. It's definitely you know great reviews as well. Mm-hmm. And so I I'm, I'm just happy you know that was my whole goal for people to you know, to read it and just to know that it, it's not a clinical book. It's, it's about, you know, the challenges of life, of childhood, but then how to be able to break that to in order to to function in society and to to achieve your goals. Wow. In your opinion, during your time in the industry, what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you have had to overcome? Well, in the industry, is the whole idea of you just have to be very patient. But um, definitely in the beginning, that was challenging because I didn't understand how much time, like, you got to wait, you know. So that was something that I would, if I could give any advice to any actors, is just, you know, being patient. Like, it could take, you know, a couple of years or it could take 20 years, you know. It just, we just never know when it's, when things are going to be steady. So that's something that is an, an advice that I would give is that, it's that it is very unpredictable. I've had other actors on my show, and they've all said the waiting game is an extreme exercise in compartmentalization and patience. Now, you are, without question, an incredibly accomplished model. What about modeling do you enjoy so much? I just like the whole idea that when I'm doing a photo shoot, I'm able to really bring bring myself, you know, within like even if you don't smile, like you bring it through your eyes, like just to be able to just capture whatever the mood you want to capture in the photo, like that's that's fun. So when I told my listeners you were going to be coming on the show, I had them submit questions and I chose two, which if it's okay, I'm gonna go ahead and ask. The first question is, how do you deal with the paparazzi? Well, one of the things that I, I remember, I keep in mind is that paparazzis are j- doing their job. They're trying to, you know, work. And so being part of the public eye, being photographed is very common. I feel that paparazzis is, it links, it's basically like a bridge to the fans. So for me, I don't really get, you know, I have very, very good experience with paparazzis. I, they haven't been, you know, aggressive with me or rude or anything. And if they take photos, I'm okay with it. If I'm in the, you know, in Beverly Hills or because it is part of the job. It's like that's the way, you know, you can't really escape when you're in the public eye. Like if you're, there's a paparazzi, they're going to take photos of you. And I'm okay with it because, you know, I definitely, I, I get a lot of fans that will, you know, email me on social media. I mean, send me a message on Instagram. Like, oh, I love, you know, I love the outfit you had on this day. So definitely it is like a bridge to the fans. The second question is, what has been the best thing to happen to you since you have been in the industry? 
Well, I feel that it's a great feeling to be able to to work in an area that I have so much passion. And so it just doesn't feel like work. You know, it just feels like I'm doing like a hobby. And that's a wonderful feeling, you know, because it's like I'm excited excited every day to work on something that is related to, you know, my characters or, you know, my or film or or just, you know, anything that has to do with, you know, my business. So for me, it is definitely, uh, I, I feel that, you know, I'm in the right place and, and it's exciting every day. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break that gives you a chance to refresh that drink, stand up and stretch, and please pay attention to two friends of the show. We will be right back. Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog, Mon Jardin au Coin. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Mon Jardin au Coin on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner. Hi, my name is Michelle Fabre, and you can listen to my latest single, Kick It Up, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other streaming platforms. I never had a feeling like this before. Let me in. Hey, baby, I'm coming to your door. And even though you're miles away, I can't wait. I'm gonna see you today. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own, with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. 
I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Welcome to Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindalyn. My name is Billy Milovanovich, aka Bildo. My name is Lindsay Kirkwood, also known as Lindalyn. And this is our offensively funny podcast about drinking wine and chatting life. Some of our previous topics include conspiracy theories. I know somebody that thinks the world's flat. What? Like a real person? Yes. Body ailments. I'm going to go from toes up because I have a lot. <laughs> no, seriously, you laugh, but I have so many this body is what ailments. what happens with age, guys. And I know. And orgasms. I'm a little bit frustrated and it just hasn't been happening. I, I'm trying, Henry's trying, we're all trying, but when orgasming is good, it's good. Basically, we talk about all the things that you would generally talk about over wine with your girlfriends. New episodes out each Monday. Chat, Chat soon. Welcome back to episode 71 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's not waste another minute and get right back to the conclusion of our interview with author, actress, and model Blanca Blanco. How do you stay in such incredible shape? You know, I was a runner in in high school. I was a track and field runner. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I moved to college, I, I made it a habit to do like the gym at least five times a week. Because I like I'm a morning person. So I wanted to get that in the morning, like, you know, get it out of the way because it was like my me time, you know, like the gym is just me and focusing on my um, you know, like the cardio, and it it distresses you. So it is a very good, you know, tool also. And so I, I I try to stay active and also you know eat healthy. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't believe in diets. I uh, I think what you need to work on is a lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. because that's the main thing. And so that's pretty much it. But I know during the COVID lockdown, everything was closed. So so that was challenging because I had a routine and then that went away. You know? mm-hmm. So what I did, I ordered a Peloton bike and I was able to do that at home. And then I, like, I was able to get like a, like a gym, like, you know, order some like machine that had like um, weights. And so I was able like to at least. Bowflex? No, it's called um, Tempo. I don't know oh. if you heard of Tempo. Oh, Temple is the best because you have an instructor and it's 3D. So it gives you, it tells you when you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and with weight training, if you need that, like especially me. Yeah. And it has all the, you know, the, the bar, the bars, everything. So mm-hmm. it's all in one, basically it looks like a big TV with the weights on the bottom and, and behind it. So I was able to do that and I was like, okay, it was great because then it got to the point where we couldn't even hike because they closed the, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, so I tried to just stay active. So the flip side of that coin is what do you do to relax and have fun? So I enjoy basically going to the spa, spending time with my family, going for a walk, you know, doing FaceTime with, with family or friends. Mm-hmm. So I like the very like simple stuff because I'm always like, you know, when I'm working, I like I'm traveling. Like you know, for me, a vacation is not it's not really. Well, I mean, it is relaxing, but for, I, when I travel, I go to beautiful places that I then afterwards I do like a vacation, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
when it's my time where I just have a few days off, I just want to just like read a good book and not do anything that requires much traveling. Just mm-hmm. like chill. <laughs> you mentioned that you travel for work with the modeling. What is the most beautiful place you have ever been in your opinion? Um, I One of the places that I... Uh, I would say it would have to be Monaco. Mm. Monaco is beautiful. It's it's like a small city, but it's like so. It's you're surrounded by the built by basically like nature. It's so beautiful. And also Vietnam, when I went to Ho Chi Minh City, yeah, it was uh, very educational. When I when I was there, I went to all the the tours that I could, and I learned so much from that culture and. And definitely, I just enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite places, too. It's amazing you say that, as I have friends from the military who have been to Vietnam, and they say the country has really rebuilt itself in the last 50 years, and it's quite beautiful to behold. And they have amazing museums, and a lot of them, so it is is definitely accessible for many people to learn about the culture. You just mentioned that you like to read. Are you reading anything good right now? Yeah, I just finished the book of Oprah Winfrey, What Happened to You. And I really love the book because, you know, she wrote it with another, with a doctor. Mm-hmm. And it basically, they, she talks about her experience growing up, you know, as a child with experience in poverty, but also the doctor is able to put his perspective as far as how, what is happening to the brain during that time. So it's very, it's very interesting. I read it like in a day. It was like <laughs> really, really good. So you briefly mentioned earlier the Malibu fire. Um, I read you had a very scary experience with that. If it's okay, would you be willing to tell us that story? Yes. Yeah, definitely the Malibu fire. That was very, I feel like Armageddon. Mm. People were fighting and and really survival of the fittest was there. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I remember I was at the gas station trying to put gas and even though I had 80 miles, 80 miles, I'm less, but I just said, well, if the cars are not moving, I, nobody's going to stop and, you know, pick me up if I run out of gas. So it took me an hour to wait in line. And then by the time it was my turn, people kept like bumping and their cars into my car and taking my space. And a lot of men did that and people were crying. So Finally, it was my turn. I finally was able to get the the pump, and then there's no more gas. So yeah, so then I I didn't know which way I should go. If I should go like towards Oxnard or go towards Santa Monica. So these people that were talking to me at the gas station, they said that it's better to go to the right side, which is going going towards Oxnard, because the cars going. The opposite way, they're not moving at all. So I did that, and then I was towards the fire. So that was very traumatic, and I went through a lot of anxiety, and and I had an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. And so I had to work on that because I really didn't feel, I didn't think I was going to make it because Mm -hmm. the fire was like the sparks were next to me, and it was pitch black. It just felt like things were pretty bad. And I share in my in breaking the mold that you know I had a few chapters on that experience and what helped me get through it. And I also had my little bunny in my car, so she was very, you know, sweet. Like mm. she, she kind of like saved my life. You know, I can't even fathom that kind of nightmare. Um, I read you lost your home in the fire, though. Oh yes, I lost everything in my home, 
And oh. the only thing that is, I took a carry-on before, mm -hmm. and I took the legal documents and a couple, you know, outfits, but, but I really didn't think nothing was going to happen. I'm like, what are the chances it's going to get all the way here? So I thought I would be back tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And obviously that didn't happen. So I was in complete shock after. Well, then the weirdest part was that I I went to, finally I made it through Oxnard and I went to a, a restaurant that has like a bar and they have television. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I asked them if they could put a channel like so I could see the local news. And they did. And in the first five minutes I'm watching the news, I'm seeing my house burn down on TV. Oh man. Yeah. That's and so cool, that was like pretty like crazy. Okay, so now but then I was still in denial thinking, well, maybe it was just the roof, maybe other areas are gonna be like I really had hopes, you know, and finally I was able to go and it was like red code, so you can't even walk in. Yeah. And so uh, I think that the hardest thing for me was like my family photos, you know, mm -hmm. losing that because I was like the most responsible kid. My mom said that, you know, like <laughs> you're the most responsible kid, you can keep all the photos. And then as we get older, like you just get older, you can just distribute with them. Well, yeah. okay. Then that happened. So, so yeah. And then also my books, because I read a lot. Like I, I had a collection of books. So that one, that, that was hard for me too, because every book I have like a memory of what I was doing that during that period. <laughs> I know it's kind of weird, right? No, no, not crazy at all. Uh, I am looking around my studio right now and there are some things that, you know, God forbid, got lost in a fire. They're pretty much irreplaceable. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. You seem to keep yourself pretty busy with charity work. What do you enjoy most about it? Well, um, growing up, I, I really saw the quality in people that were very kind to us and I just thought when I'm older I want to help people too and um, I just had it in me to I'm very like if there's someone that needs help I'm you know I'm there for my friends or family and I like to volunteer I, I don't see why you know like I just feel that everybody should have that trait but I yeah. guess not many people have that but it just seems like the right thing to do, you know, helping others. Are there any charities that are very important to you? Yes, uh, I have, you know, I have volunteered in a few ones, like the LA, LA Mission downtown. They, I help with the the holidays, mm -hmm. like serving hot meals. And, and it's just, I reminds me of, you know, how everyone's, the, if they're volunteering, it's making a big difference to someone else's life. So what does the future hold for Blanca? Um, well, I'm, you know, excited about my book and mm -hmm. I'm glad that it, it all worked out and I was able to get it at Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. And, um, but I just want to continue doing films also and just, you know, enjoying the process of learning. Mm -hmm. that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I definitely, uh, I see myself, you know, in the industry for many years. <laughs> <laughs> so as we begin to wind the interview down, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Oh, yes. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, Blanca Blanco Actress, or you can just go to, I, I do have Facebook, but nobody really has Facebook now. <laughs> that's, usually like, that's usually like just for family and friends that are from high school, you know? 
so but i do have facebook you know if you have facebook you can follow me on facebook i have twitter that's that's pretty much it i mean i do have also you know my personal website yeah but definitely i think instagram and twitter are very good for you know for my fans to reach to me okay blanca i end my interviews with my favorite question and the question is this if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of Earth? Well, one of the things that I would say that even if you experience traumas or any type of stressors, you can still come out as a survivor. Like the traumas don't define you. You, it gives you personal growth because if it wasn't for the traumas, you wouldn't have known how much more resilient you are, or you wouldn't know the degree you're capable of overcoming. And so it is like looking at the the challenges that we have in life into a positive way, reframing, you know? And so just keep that in mind, especially during this time, during the pandemic, a lot of, you know, there's more poverty. Um, I, I think in the last couple of years, like in the last two years, it went to, there, there were 131 million added of new people with po experience in poverty. So it is very, um, you know, a lot of stress for people by just knowing that you're going to gain so many skills from that experience and the incredible strength that you're going to gain is really incredible. The book is Breaking the Mold, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy your books. Blanca, you are truly an incredible human being, and this has been amazing. I am so honored that you chose to come on my show. Thank you, Derek. Thank you for having me on your show. No, it was a pleasure. And just like that, Duvall Nation, we come to the end of episode 71 of the Derek Duvall Show. I want to thank Blanca for being so gracious with her time. I urge you to purchase her book. It's truly extraordinary. We still have so much to release, and we recently have had on the show some major guests. We are definitely starting to punch above our weight class, and boy, are you all in for a real surprise? More to be revealed in the coming weeks. Have you had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have partnered with TeePublic to bring you exclusive Derek Duvall Show-themed merchandise. We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have a carefully curated collection of T-shirts chosen by myself and Mrs. Duvall. So go to DerekDuvallShow.com, look on the left for the banner marked Merch, click that, and it will take you to the TeePublic store. And we want to thank TeePublic for being such incredible, awesome partners. So on behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you, be safe, be well, and please exercise caution right now with the COVID numbers creeping back up. No star, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website. DerekDuvallShow.com to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duvall Show.